Good morning. Everybody doing good? You look good. Come on, we like to do this on a weekly basis. Look to your neighbor. Come on, tell them, say you look good. You look good. You look good this Easter Sunday. Come on, look at the person on your other side that you chose not to tell that to and tell them you look all right too. You look all right too. <laughs> we are honored that you have chosen to spend Easter at Impact Church. I want to welcome those of you that are watching online. We're glad that you have tuned in to be with us today. And we are celebrating today, as many of us know, the fact that uh, the reason we have Easter every year is because about 2,000 years ago, there was a man named Jesus who was fully God and fully man, who left heaven, came to earth, died, gave his life. Come on, they didn't take his life. He gave his life for you and for me. And then, thank God, what we're celebrating today is the fact that he didn't stay in the grave, but that he rose from the dead on the third day so that we could have life. And I want to talk to you about that a little bit, but we're going to take a, a different twist on it this morning. And here's what, here's what Jesus himself said about the purpose for why he came in John 10.10. So if you have been wondering, what is the purpose why Jesus came? What was behind all of this? Why did Jesus Come, this is Jesus himself. He says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Come on, somebody say rich. Somebody say satisfying. Some translations say life to the full, right? That's why Jesus came. He said the thief comes to steal, to kill, destroy, do all of these negative things. But I came. The reason I'm here, he's telling everybody, the reason I'm here is because I want you to have life and have it to the full, life more abundantly, rich and satisfying life. And I love uh, the fact that who is the them, you know, because it says my, pur my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Come on, how many of you know that the them is you and the them is me? The reason Jesus came was for you. And for me, and I hope you're, I hope you're as thankful and excited today. Come on, you got to help me preach today. This is going to be uh, something that I believe is going to help you. It's going to benefit you, and uh, it's, it's already helped me. I've already spoken it once today, and I believe it's going to help me even more as I speak it to you again. And if we were to go around the room, we probably all would say that we're grateful, that we're thankful, that we're excited for what Jesus did for us and the reason why we're here. And many of you are here, you know, to celebrate that. And this is what it represents for you. But here's what I know about, about all of us in the room today. And this is where we're going to go for the next few moments that we have together is that someone in here today was abused as a child. Somebody in here today has gone through a tough divorce. Somebody in this room today has lost someone that they love too early. Somebody has had to grieve somebody that they were close to that they shouldn't have had to do that. Someone in here is struggling with depression. Someone in here is frustrated because you haven't quite figured out what your purpose is. And you feel like you're just kind of floating through life and walking through life and you haven't figured out what your purpose is in life yet. And somebody in here today, and maybe more than one person in here today, is wondering a lot of times, maybe even in this moment, if God is even real, if God even exists because of what you've been through. And you've been through some hard things, and you, and, and you, and you prayed, and you asked God, God, will you change this? God, will you, will you, will you heal them? God, will you, will you touch them? God, will you mend my relationship? God, will you mend this family? God, will you do this? 
and you didn't see the answer in the way that you wanted to see the answer. And so some of us are questioning, do we really even believe that God exists because of what I've been through? And many of us here today are, are down, overwhelmed, discouraged, lacking joy. And I don't believe that that's God's desire for your life. I don't think that 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to the earth and died for you and that God raised him from the dead on the third day so that you could, so that you could just go through the motions, so that you could feel down, so you could feel overwhelmed, so that life could be hard on you, so that you could question whether or not he even exists, you could question whether or not he even went. I don't think that's the life that God intended for you to have. I think the life that God intended for you to have is the one that Jesus talked about where he said, I came, this is the reason why I came. I came so that they could have life. And not just life. See, some of, some of you in the room today, you're living life physically. But you don't have any life in you. You don't have any life. You, you feel like, is, is it always going to be this way? Is it always going to stay this way? Is it always going to feel this way? It, is it always going to be this hard? Is it always going to be this tough? But Jesus came so that you could have life. And not just life, life to the full. Life that is rich and satisfying. And so what I felt like God wanted me to do today as we all gather together in three services and we celebrate what Jesus did for us on the cross and how God raised him from the dead, what I felt like God wanted me to do today was help us uh, with some practical things on how we can, we can tap into the life that God really desires for us to have by him sending his son. Is that okay? So what I want to do today is I want to I try to help us grasp how we can tap into what it is that God really wants for you. What it is, the life that God really wants for you. The reason why he sent Jesus. Not so that you could come sit in a chair. It's not, it's not so that we could all gather in, in churches all, all over our city and, and sit in seats and sing some songs. No, God, want, God wants you to have life to the fullest. And I want to try to give you some things that I believe he told me to tell you today. And uh, I want to try to help us in that regard. And I believe that you're not here by accident. So I don't know how you got here. I don't know if you saw a yard sign. I don't know if you, if you got something in the mail. I don't know if somebody invited you. I don't know how you got here, but I believe that God has you here for a purpose. God has you here for a reason. You thought you were just coming, you know, we're going to go, we're going to go to church on Easter. No, God had something different planned for you today, and he wants to help you. And so I want to try to, to the best of my ability, communicate what I feel like God wants me to communicate to you for the next few minutes. And so I want to talk to you uh, on this Easter Sunday on this subject, I will rise. I will rise. And as we get started today, I want to talk to you, or I want to read, I want us to look together at eight verses in Micah chapter 7. And I think a lot of us can relate to this as we go through this. Um, but I want to talk about it a little bit today because I think it's going to help us. In Micah chapter 7, starting in verse 1, this is what it says, and you can follow along on the screen behind me. It says, how miserable I am. We could stop there, and everybody's like, yep. <laughs> maybe not today, but yesterday, right? You felt that way you know, last week, or maybe you feel that way right now, or you're like, well, that's probably coming, you know? I don't know. I feel like the fruit picker after the harvest who can find nothing to eat. Not a cluster of grapes or a single early fig can be found to satisfy my hunger. The godly people have all disappeared. Not one honest person is left on the earth. They are all murderers, setting traps even for their own brothers. Both their hands are equally skilled at doing evil. Officials and judges alike demand bribes. The people with influence get what they want, and, and together they scheme to twist justice. 
Even the best of them is like a briar. The most honest is an is as dangerous as a hedge of thorns. But your judgment day is coming swiftly now. Your time of punishment is here, a time of confusion. Don't trust anyone, not your best friend or even your wife. For the son despises her father, the daughter defiles, defies her mother, the daughter-in-law defies her mother-in-law. Your enemies are right in your own household. And right here we could stop and, we would, and you would think, wow, why did I come to church on Easter to hear about all these things. But what I want you to notice is there's a shift that happens in the next two verses. And the person that is writing this is talking about everything that's going on around them, everything that's going on in their country, everything that's going on in their people. And then this is what he says. As for me, somebody say, as for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me, and my God will certainly hear me. Do not, I love this part, do not gloat over me, my enemies, for though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. I love that one little phrase, though I fall, anybody ever fallen? Though I fall, I will rise again. <laughs> talking about every, he's talking about everything that's going on around him. Everything that's going on around him, and he says, but listen. Though I fall, I'll rise again. I'll rise again. I'm not staying here. Even though some of us are like, well, what if you put yourself there? You don't have to stay there. Some of us in the room, we're in a place right now, and, and, and it's not our fault. Some of us, we made decisions that put us in the place that we're in right now. But listen, you don't have to stay there. God wants you to rise again. He wants you to rise in your life Again, and, and as I was reading these verses again today, I wonder if there's anybody here today who can relate. Maybe your, your life feels like it's in a million pieces right now. I don't know if that's where you are today. Or maybe you came in today searching for hope. And you're not sure if, if there's hope for you. And maybe you feel hopeless in this moment. Or maybe you walked in here today because you felt like it was the right thing to do on Easter was to go to church. And this is the church that you chose to come to. And we're glad that you're here. But I believe that God has another plan for you today. And something that he wants to give you today if you'll allow him to do it. I love that the writer says, though I fall, I will rise again. Even though I'm down right now, I will rise. Even though it's been a hard year so far, come on somebody, I will rise. In fact, it kind of sounds like something that Jesus said in Mark 9, 31 where he says this. He says, the son of man is destined to be betrayed and turned over to those who will execute him. But after three days, whew, I don't think y'all are as excited as uh, 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 <laughs> I don't think y'all are as excited as me about what comes after the phrase. But after three days, <laughs> because what comes after the three days is what allows you to be here right now. What comes after the three days is what allows you to be uh, to have eternal life in the future. What comes after the three days is what allows you to declare today that I will rise from this place that I'm in because he rose from the dead. So somebody needs to get a little bit excited about the fact that Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Not only did he die for you, but he rose again so that you could have life. So that you didn't have to stay where you're at right now. You don't have to stay there. And hopefully... We're all thankful for that. And what I want to do for the next few moments, I believe that there are many of us here today that need to decide that it's time to rise. You see, I'm going to give you four things, practical things, that I think God told me to tell you today. 
but if you don't decide ahead of time, come on, you ever made up your mind about something? <laughs> I'm a guy. I've made up my mind about some things, and there ain't nobody can convince you otherwise. When you've made up your mind, you're going to do it this way. You do, anybody ever made up your mind? There's power in deciding ahead of time that I'm going to rise. There's power in deciding ahead of time that I'm not staying here. I'm not staying in depression. I'm not staying the victim. I'm not staying in this low place. I'm not staying in this, in this, this struggle. I'm not staying here. I'm going to, my life is going to rise. It's going to be something new come out of me. I'm not staying down. And as I was thinking about this idea of rising and preparing this message, I thought about a hot air balloon. And this, we, our event team that was setting up some things today, they did an incredible job. Uh, a few of them was putting this together for me. And this is, this is an awesome visual. And I was thinking about a hot air balloon when I was thinking about this idea of rising. And the fact is that uh, there are some different elements that go into whether or not a hot air balloon rises. There's, you know, there's the heat and, and all of this stuff. But then I was also thinking about, it, it, we have a balloon festival around here. And how many of you have ever been in a hot air balloon? You've ever ridden in a hot air balloon before? A few of you? A few of you? Um, I've never been in one. But what I've noticed is a lot of times whenever you see these things and they're out on the ground, a lot of times there'll be like some rope or thing, you know, hanging over the side of them. And there'll be things that are kind of weighing, weighing them down. And, and, and it all has to kind of work together. So you can put as much hot air in there as you can, but it's going to struggle to rise if you don't remove these weights that are keeping it on the ground. And what I felt like God wanted me to do today was to help you remove some weights. so that you Because some of you, you're like, man, I've been living for God. I've been trying to follow Jesus. I've been trying to do the right thing. But I just don't, I can't get out of this place. And I think that God, there's some things that maybe God wants you to do. That if you'll, if you'll grab a hold of these things, that it'll help you begin to rise. It'll help you get out of that place that you've been in in your life. Maybe it's for a day. Maybe it's for a week. Maybe it's for a year. I don't know. But I want to I wanna help us with this today. And hopefully it'll serve as a visual. And hopefully you'll never look at a hot air balloon the same ever again after today with what we're going to talk about. And so I want to give you four things if you want to write these down. Four things. Each one of them is just going to be one word. Make it easy for you. Um that I believe God wants me to share with you today so that we can remove these weights. And so here's the first thing that I believe some of us need to do. And you may find yourself in one of these. You may find yourself in all four of these. I don't know where you're going to be at today. But I, I encourage you to lean in, take notes, and, uh, and, and pay attention to what God wants to say. Here's the first thing that I think some of us need to do if we want to rise, if we want our lives to change, and it's to release. Some of us in the room today, we need, there's some things we need to release to God. There are some things that you've been holding on to so tight, and you just won't release it. There are some things that you've been struggling with so so hard, and, 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 and I can't figure this out. Come on, sometimes we try to figure out all of our own stuff, right? And sometimes you just need to release it to God. What are the things in your life that you need to release to God? You know, for some of us today, we've been trying to figure out how to fix our own situations. Come on, any men in the house? We're fixers, right? Your, your wife ever told, your wife ever been trying to tell you about something she's feeling or something she's struggling with, and you're like, you know, babe, if you got 15 minutes, we can fix this. <laughs> I mean, I can point you in the right direction. This is where we need to go. This is what you need to do. You need to quit doing that and start doing that, and problem solved, you know. And how many of you know that that doesn't work? <laughs> Just because you know how to fix it or you think you know how to fix it does not mean you need to tell her how to fix it. <laughs> All the women are like, yes, amen. I'm glad we came to church today. 
<laughs> but we try to fix our own problems a lot of times in our own situations, and, and we're trying to we're trying different ways to fix our finances. Well, if I just got a you know just a part time job on the side, we could we could work it out. It wouldn't be a stress, you know, because we get that few extra hundred dollars a month, and wouldn't be as wouldn't be as big of a deal, you know. We could do we could do this over here. We could well, you know, if we if we started doing that, well, maybe we need to change this, or maybe we need to move, or maybe we need to do all these things. And we're trying to come up with our own ways of how we can fix our financial situation. Can I tell you that more money? And changing some things around doesn't always necessarily mean that you're good, that all the stress is going to go away and all this. But you know what does? You know what will really help you and what can really fix your financial situation if you'll if you'll surrender your your money to God. And you'll say, you know what, God, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this your way, and stop trying to do it my way. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying now. This is what now I'm gonna prerequisite everything I'm gonna say this morning with this right here. I'm not telling you that that you need to release everything to God and go home and lay down and. God's going to take care of it. Get them, you know. You're praying for that person, and you're like, I'm just releasing them to God. You go home and lay down and be like, God, you get them. You get them. <laughs> I'm not telling you that. There's going to be a part that you're going to have to play. God's going God's to have some things that he wants you to do. But you have to first release it to God. As long as you are trying to hold on to it like this, God can't do anything with it. God, some of us, we're holding on to our situation, we're holding on to our struggle, we're holding on to our money, we're holding on to all these things so tight that God can't even pry our fingers off of it to be able to use it for what he wants to use it for. We won't even listen to him when he tells us to, 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 to give somebody 20 bucks or pay for somebody's groceries or whatever it is because we're trying to fix it ourselves. Well, maybe we just hold on to more. Maybe we just got to save more. We just got to do that. And I'm telling you, you need a savings account, all right? So don't walk out of here being like, you know, I went to Impact Church and they said that, you know, saving's not the way to do it. No, you need to save. You need to save. But you need to you need to release that to God. And God will probably have some things for you to do. One of the things that God will probably uh, ask you to do is probably not spend 120% of what you make. That might be a good start <laughs> for some of us that God says, "Listen, if you'll just if you'll just live within your means and you'll and you'll surrender your money to me and allow me to 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 show you, then I can take care of this. I can fix this." It doesn't require you to, to keep trying to figure out ways to do it. Or some of us, we're trying different ways to fix our kids' behavior. Come on, somebody. You go through Walmart, and your kids at the, you know, devil's lane, whatever you want to call it, where you're checking out, and there's all the candy right there at the kids' eye level. Come on, somebody. And they're... And they're so, you know, it's like, whoo, can we have that? Can we have that? No, we're not getting anything. Can we have that? Can we have that? And, and then your kid starts, you know, throwing a fit, just yelling and all this. And then you look over and you see, like, three kids over here with this mom, and they're, like, all just like, yes, mommy. Oh, I just, uh, okay, yes, ma'am, no, you know. And then you start thinking, like, well, my, you know, what's wrong with my kids? Why can't you be like that? And then we start trying to figure out, wait, well, how can we fix our kids? You know, maybe we need to, we need to do that. Maybe if we just, if we got them, you know, some of us is like, maybe if we got them some more stuff, they wouldn't feel like they need to act out because they have everything they want. They wouldn't be talking about, well, they have this, but we don't have this. Why can't we have that? And so some of us are trying to fix it that way. Some of us, you know, we're like, you know, <laughs> I, can I can tell you what they need. They just need to be a bigger spanking. That's what they need. Some of y'all aren't coming back to church next week because I'm talking about spanking your kids. <laughs> it's all right. We love you. <laughs> we're trying to come up with all these different ways that we can fix the problem and God says will you just release your kids to me and just trust me 
and allow me to tell you what to do and how to teach them and what and, and these things. You know, Proverbs says that if you train up the child in the way they should go, they will not depart from it when they are old. You know, and, and the only way to do that is to allow God to show you and lead you in how to do that. But we're trying to figure it all out in our own power and our own strength and trying to fix these problems. Some of us, we're trying to fix our spouse. Whew. I don't know whether to move on right now or touch on this. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, you need to pay attention to what he's about to say right now. We're going to get this problem solved. Some of us were trying to fix our faith. If they could just get their stuff together, then we could have a great marriage. If they would just quit doing just, just quit doing that, then we would, you know, then we would actually enjoy. If she would just shut the cabinet doors every once in a while. Come on, this is what we do. We nitpick at these little things, and, and then we're like, well, they could just get it figured out. Well, if they hadn't done that to me, or if they hadn't said that about me, or if I didn't feel this way about them, then then it would fit. Then we could have the marriage of our dreams, the marriage that we thought we were getting, you know, when we first got married and all these different things. And what God is saying is, is listen, you can't, come on, I need you all to hear me. You can't fix them. But he can. And some of us, we're trying to get a better marriage by, by doing more and all that. And don't get me wrong, there's going to be some stuff you have to do. There's going to be some stuff you're going to have to do. You don't have to go out on a date every once in a while. I mean, like, there's going to be some stuff you're going to have to do. But the first thing you have to do is give your marriage to God. Give it to God. Release it to God so that he can have control of it and he can help you figure out the right direction to go. So we need to release some things in our lives to God. Here's the second thing I believe that some of us need to do. Some of us, we need to initiate. Need to initiate. What is something you need to initiate in your life? Maybe for you it's an apology. Maybe there's somebody you hurt, something that you did to somebody, and you need to initiate an apology. You need to be the, and, and some of us, this is what we do a lot of times. We're like, well, if they apologize first, then I'll apologize. Well, if they show me that they're really sorry. Well, if they, you know, some, some, some of us, we need to, we need to offer, uh, initiate a conversation with somebody about how we're feeling, about the thoughts that we're having, about what's going on in our lives, about, about why we, we, we feel the way that we feel. And we need to sit down with somebody that, that is a Jesus follower, that is a Christian, and we need to say, listen, this is what I'm struggling with. Will you encourage me? Will you pray for me? Will you walk with me through this? Have you been through this? Do you know, you know, we need some, we need to initiate a conversation. Some of us, we need to initiate forgiveness, and this goes back to sometimes we're thinking, well, if, if, they sh- if they show me that they're really sorry, well, when they say sorry, I'll tell them I forgive them. <laughs> I, I heard a, a pastor say it this way one time. He said, if you can remember how many times you've forgiven somebody, you never have. If you can remember how many times you've forgiven somebody, you've never really forgiven them. And here's, here's the thing. I know they don't deserve it. Because some of you right now, you're thinking, well, you don't know. And no, I don't know. I don't know. They, I'm not telling you you need to forgive them because they deserve it, but here's what I do know. You didn't either. I know I'm all over your toes right now. You're not, here's, let, me, let me let you in on something okay, about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not for them. Forgiveness is for you. 
forgiveness is for you. And some of us were waiting around until, well, if they say they forgive me first, then I'll say, you know, because we had this falling out. Or if they apologize, then I'll forgive them. If they really show me, you know, and, and build trust back up, then I'll forgive them. If they, and we're putting all these, these qualifications on whether or not we need to forgive. Listen, somebody said it this way one time, that forgiveness is setting a prisoner free and then realizing that the prisoner was you. The reason you forgive somebody is not because they deserve it. The reason you forgive somebody is because you need to forgive them so that you can move on, so that you can move forward. See, some of you, you're not, you, you, your life is not rising because you haven't extended forgiveness to somebody that hurt you last week or last year or 10 years ago or when you were a kid. And God's saying today, if you'll, just, if you'll initiate that, if you'll be the person to say, you know what, I forgive you for what you did. I forgive you for, for doing that. I forgive you for for making me feel that way. I forgive you for whatever it is. If you'll, if you'll be the person to initiate that, then I believe that's one element that God is going to use to, to change your life. To change your life. It's forgiveness. Forgiveness. So we need to initiate some things in our lives. Here's the third thing that many of us need to do is to start. We've got to release some things. We've got to initiate conversations and apologies and forgiveness. And then there's some things that we just need to start doing. There's some things we just need to start doing. For some of us, uh, we might be expecting a result from something we've never started doing. We do this all the time. We do this all the time, myself included. We want to reap something that we did not sow. I want this result, and I want my life to look like this. I want my kids to look like this. I want my marriage to look like this, but I didn't sow it. And we're wanting a result of something that we didn't plant. We're wanting a result of something that we didn't start doing. But here's the good news. Yet, you can start today. And you can start things in your life today that are planting seeds and sowing things in the ground that you want to reap and that you want to come back to you in the next year and five years and ten years and with your kids and with your marriage and all these things. There's some things that maybe you just need to start doing. You probably won't get the promotion if you don't start getting to work on time. You may not feel as fulfilled in life if you don't start the business or the thing that God has called you to start. Maybe it was here recently or maybe it was 15 years ago and you've never done it and, and God's saying, listen, that's where that's the thing I've called you to do and you need to do that. And my question to you is what if the same principle works in our spiritual life? What if we're wanting to reap things that we've never sown? And some of us, I think we need to start, we need to start, we're wondering, we look at, we, we compare all the time, and I don't have time to get into all this comparison stuff, but we compare all the time, we're like, why does my life not look like theirs? Well, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes of, of them over there. You know, they're, they're like, like you, may, you may look at them and be like, man, I wish my life looked like their life. I wish I was as spiritual as they are. I wish I liked to read my Bible like they do or whatever. Well, you haven't seen the last seven years of them struggling to understand the word or getting up early in the morning and putting the time in. You're just seeing the result of what they've sown. But for some of us, we just need to, there's just some things that we need to start. Some things we need to start. Here are a few things that, that I had just jotted down. One of them uh, was maybe, maybe it's, we just need to start attending church regularly. And we're, 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 not, we're not paying attention to the importance of getting together with people and worshiping and growing together. Maybe, maybe you know, if you attend here, we, we have groups in three different semesters throughout the year. And maybe, your next, maybe the thing you need to start is you need to get in a group. You need to get around some people. You need to get around some people. Listen, you can't reap what you don't sow. There's some things you need to start doing if you want to get the results that everybody wants. Right? 
Maybe, maybe for you, the next step is to begin serving, and you need to start serving God by serving other people. And say, you know what? What God gives to me, I'm going to turn it into a blessing for somebody else. I'm going to serve somebody else. I'm going to do something for somebody else. I'm going to teach kids on Sunday because they're worth it. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the, the thing that you need to start. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's to read your Bible daily. You know, maybe it's, it's spotty here and there and you've been trying or whatever. Maybe you just need to say, you know what, this is, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read my Bible every day before I go to work. I'm going to do that. I'm going to pray continually. I'm going to speak. For some of us, we just need to speak life over ourselves and our family. Because we've gotten in this habit of, well, I guess this is the way my life is always going to be. And, and man, I'm just struggling right now. I just feel down right now. And you just need to wake up in the morning and you say, you know what? Today I'm speaking life over me. I'm speaking life over my spouse. I'm speaking life over my kids. I'm speak Because Jesus did not die and raise from the dead three days later for you to be talking about how, how, how tough your life is and how the struggle you're going through. And maybe it's always going to be this way. No, it's not always going to be that way. It doesn't have to always be that. You don't have to feel the way that you feel. You don't have to be going through the thing that you're going through right now. God wants to walk you through that thing. But maybe there are some things you need to start so that you can start reaping the benefits of the things that you're going to start today. Maybe for for you, you're here today and the, the thing you need to start is a relationship with God. And you really haven't been sure about it and and maybe you've met some Maybe you've met some Christians that kind of turned you off to God. Can I, just, can I just, on behalf of them, that's not what God looks like. Whatever you think you saw or you experienced or from another person, they're a person. That's not what God looks like. Can I tell you what God looks like? God loves you unconditionally, and he doesn't care what you've done. He's not going to hold that against you. You just give your life to him. You start a relationship with him, and he wipes the slate clean and says, you know what, I'm going to walk with you from here on out, and we're going to make it together, and you're going to fall sometimes. But listen, though I fall, I will rise again. So don't, 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 you know, don't chalk what God looks like to what somebody else put on you or your experience from when you were a kid or something like that. No, God, God loves you today. And God wants, I mean, we just read it. Jesus himself, he said, listen, this is why I came. I want you to have life. I want you to have a rich life, a satisfying life, life to the full. This is what I want for you. We're going to have that opportunity to do that. If, if that's you today and, and that's where you know you need to start, we're going to have the opportunity in just a moment. But there are some things maybe that you need to start doing in your lives. And then here's the fourth thing as I bring the worship team back up. Here's the final thing today that many of us need to learn to do. So we can rise in our lives and it's encourage. It's encourage. How many of you know we cannot always depend on other people to encourage us? <laughs> some of us, some of us were laying in bed like this at night. And we're just waiting. It's like, well, if they would just if they would just if they would just encourage me, then I you know, I would feel like I can do it. And I believe in that. You need to encourage your spouse. You need to encourage your kids. You need to encourage your coworkers, your boss, your employees, all these people that you're around every single day. You need to be an encouraging person. But we can't always depend on everybody else around us to bring the encouragement that we need. We need to, we need to learn this lost art form, if you will, of encouraging ourselves. Learning how to encourage yourself. There's something about getting up in the morning and before you do anything else, encouraging yourself. Spending time with God and speaking things over your life. I want to read you something really quick 
This is something, and I know you're, you're going to think, wow, he's got it all together. No, I do not. I promise you I do not have it all together, and I don't do this every single day. I try to. It's in my phone, but there are some days I forget. There are some days I get busy, but this is what I, this, my goal is to speak this over my life every single day. And so I want to read this to you, and it's going to be on the screen. And, and, and if you want to copy this, you can email us at the church, and, and we'd be happy to email you a copy of this. And I didn't write all of this. Some of this uh, I felt like I needed to put in there, and some of it came from other people and what they speak over their lives. And I thought, wow, I want to speak that over my life. But I want to read this to you. And I want you to imagine what your life could look like if you spoke something like this over your life every single day. It says, Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife and will lay down my life to serve her. My children will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I will nurture, equip, train, and empower them to do more for his kingdom than they can imagine. I love people and believe the best about others. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am growing closer to Jesus every day. Because of Christ, my family is closer, my body is stronger, my faith is deeper, my leadership is sharper. I am anointed, empowered, equipped, and called to reach people far from God. I will not be busy today. I will be effective. I am creative, innovative, driven, focused, and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. I develop leaders. That's not something I do. It's who I am. My words, thoughts, and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. I am confident to make decisions today. Pain is my friend. I rejoice in suffering because Christ suffered for me. I bring my best and then some. It's what I bring after I do my best that makes the difference. The world will be different because I served Jesus today. Some of us, we need to learn how to encourage ourselves and be able to say every morning, you know what? The world is going to be different today because I serve God. Because I got up this morning, the world is going to be different today. Because I spent time with God today, the world is going to be a different place. Because I'm about to head out the door to work, the world is going to be a different place today. Because I'm serving God today. Amen. Will you stand to your feet today? So here's my my question for you today. Are you in a place in life where you're thinking there has to be more to life than what you've been experiencing? There has to be more. There has to be more. Maybe there's something that you need to release to God today. Maybe there's something you need to initiate in your life today. Maybe there's something you need to start doing today. Maybe there's uh, something you need to start speaking over yourself today to encourage yourself. Come on, do you feel like, man, there's got to be more than what I've been experiencing? There's got to be more than what the way I've been living. There's got to be more like... If Jesus died for me, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes today? I want to give you an opportunity. If maybe you've said that out of all these things that we talked about today, maybe the one that you need to do, that your first step is to start a relationship with Jesus. And I believe you're not here by accident. You're not here by accident. And, and, We're not going to do anything crazy, but what I do believe is that Jesus is going to meet you right where you're standing. And he will save you, and he will transform your life right where you are, right there, if you want him to. 
you want him to. And so all I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a prayer. We're all going to pray this prayer together because we believe that nobody prays alone. We don't want anybody praying alone. So everybody in this room is going to pray this prayer together in a moment. But what I want you to do right now with all of our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you just to acknowledge before God. If that's you and you just say, man, that's what I need to do. Today is my day. I just want to start a relationship with God. I want to give my life to him. Will you just slip your hand up and you can put it right back down when you, right after you put it up. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I want us to pray this prayer. We're going to pray this out loud. Just say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Today I receive your forgiveness. I ask you to save me. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. Help me to live for you from this day forward. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we clap our hands today for those who made that decision for the first time? It's awesome. I want to bring our prayer team down. We're going to sing one final song today. And I just got to tell you, it's been an honor you being here today to celebrate Easter at Impact Church. And we like to end every service. We're going to sing one final worship song. And if you need prayer for anything in your life, it doesn't matter what it is, you need prayer for anything in your life, you can slip out of your seat when they begin to sing. And you can come down. We would love to pray for you. If that's not you and you're not coming for prayer, let's lift our hands, lift our voices. Let's worship God today. Amen. God, I thank you for your word today. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.